The birth of a baby, for most, is the happiest day of people's lives. Your life suddenly becomes about this tiny baby who solely depends on you and the love you feel for them is greater than words can describe. It seems to be against every law of human nature to harm a child, but there are some cruel people in this world and today we're talking about a particularly heartbreaking case that highlights the worst humanity has to offer. Trigger warning, this episode will discuss the death of a newborn child and listener discretion is advised. Let's uncover the case best known as the Kerry Babies case. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Uncovered True Crime podcast. My name is Stephanie and each week we uncover a new unsolved true crime case ranging from suspicious deaths, missing people, unsolved murders and Jane and John Doe's. You can find the podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify and other podcast streaming apps as well as on YouTube. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at uncover underscore pod and on Instagram at uncover true crime pod. Without any further ado, let's uncover the Kerry Babies case. This case starts in White Strand Beach in Cahirsavain, located within County Kerry, Ireland, on the 14th of April 1984. A jogger stumbles across the body of a newborn baby inside a plastic bag placed at the bottom of a cliff on the beach. A post-mortem revealed that the baby was male, approximately five days old, and had died two days before his body was discovered, meaning he was likely born on or around the 7th of April. He died under horrific circumstances and had been stabbed 28 times. Local undertaker Tom Cornane gave the child a baptism, named him John, and paid for the gravestone which said, I am the Kerry baby, christened on April 14, 1984, named John. I forgive. In an attempt to find justice for the child, the Guardia Sheerhona, which is the Irish police, talks to everyone in the area who had been pregnant recently or had just given birth when they came across Joanna Hayes. Joanna was 25 years old and was a single mother to a child called Yvonne, who she had fathered with a married man called Jeremiah Locke. She lived just under 50 miles away from where baby John Doe was discovered and on the 14th of April, Joanna was admitted into hospital after complaining of severe vaginal bleeding. Medical staff at the hospital scanned her uterus to discover that she had given birth within the last 48 hours. When she was asked about her baby, Joanna refused to talk about it and even denied that she had been pregnant. The hospital staff were aware of the case, so contacted police. The Guardia were convinced that Joanna was baby John Doe's mother and I can certainly understand their initial suspicion. She was denying that she had been recently pregnant, despite evidence to the contrary, and her admission to hospital was only two days after baby John Doe was found. However, according to the postmortem, baby John Doe was likely born on the 7th of April, but the hospital staff's findings show that Joanna had given birth anywhere between the 12th to the 14th, which is almost a week's difference. However, the Guardia brought her in for an interview anyway. She admitted that she had recently been pregnant and her baby had been stillborn. She told the police that she buried the baby in her family's farm, although they didn't believe her, and after hours of questioning, she confessed to being baby John Doe's mother, a statement she would later retract. 
She was charged on the 1st of May with murder and her sister Kathleen, brothers Ned and Mike and her auntie Bridie were charged with helping disposing of a body after they admitted to assisting Joanne. The next day the Guardia searched the family farm where Joanna lived and they discovered the body of another baby which was consistent with Joanna's original story that her baby was stillborn although she was also charged with the murder of that baby as well. It would later come out that the baby found on the Hayes family farm died of natural causes. Blood tests were taken from Joanna, Jeremiah and the two babies and the results were not what the Guardia expected. The baby found on the farm had blood type O which was consistent with Joanna and Jeremiah being the parents. However, baby John Doe had type A, meaning that Joanna and Jeremiah couldn't have fathered the child together. Still convinced that Joanna was the mother of baby John Doe, Guardia came up with a new theory. Joanna had been pregnant with twins, but the twins had two separate fathers. They claimed that one of the babies was born in a field and the second was born in Joanna's home. After she saw that one of the babies had died of natural causes, she murdered the second baby, drove 50 miles and dumped the child's body on the beach where it was later discovered. There is so much wrong with this theory that it is hard to know where to begin. It is possible for twins to have two separate fathers. It's called heteropanel superfutification. In order for heteropanel superfutification to occur, a woman has to have unprotected sex with two men within five days of each other and both sets of sperm must fertilise two separate eggs. Most cases are only discovered through paternity disputes, so it is unknown exactly how many cases of this exist, but it is thought to be exceptionally rare. They gave no evidence that Joanna was in a relationship with anyone else other than Jeremiah, close to the time she would have conceived, and they made absolutely no attempt to find out who the father of the second baby would have been. Heteropanel superfutification means that the babies would have been conceived within days of each other. Twins are always almost born within minutes of each other, so even if she had been pregnant with two babies by two separate fathers, it's impossible she would have given birth to one on the 7th and the other one on the 12th. The judge agreed that the theory was too far-fetched and due to lack of evidence, the charges against Joanna and her family were dismissed in October 1984. This would not be the end for Joanna and her family though, as they filed a complaint against the Guardia, claiming they were forced to confess to the murder and the disposal of baby John Doe's body because officers spat at them, threatened them and assaulted them during the interviews. The complaint went to a tribunal which started on the 7th of January 1985. 109 witnesses were called to testify over 82 days. During the tribunal, Joanna was forced to discuss her sexual history, menstrual cycle and the use of contraception. Many were outraged that she would have to talk about such intimate things in an open court, especially since she had been cleared of involvement in the death of both babies. The tribunal's purpose was to investigate Joanna's claims of police brutality, however it seems as though she is the one put on trial, not the Garda. The tribunal soon turned into a feminism issue, with the Daily Committee of Women's Rights saying that the line of questioning was quote, insensitive, very very frightening, harrowing, quite horrific, 
and shameful, unquote. Most people supported Joanna, but there were those who thought that she brought trouble upon herself for having an affair with a married man and getting pregnant to him twice out of wedlock. In general, the Hayes were seen to be a respectable family and Joanna had become a heroine for the fight against gross abuse of power on part of the Guardia. Finally, it was time for Judge Kevin Lynch to make his ruling. He stated that no coercion had been used to make Joanna confess, but barely spoke about that. Instead, he said that Joanna had murdered her baby by suffocating him and that she and her family lied about killing baby John Doe out of guilt for witnessing Joanne, quote, do away with her baby, unquote. Many were rightly outraged as there was absolutely no evidence to prove Joanna's baby had been murdered and in fact the post-mortem showed that the baby had died of natural causes. Many believed that the judge disapproved of Joanna's moral behaviour and that that was the main focus of the tribunal, not police brutality and not the abuse of power shown by the Guardia. In 2018, DNA definitively concluded that Joanna Hayes was not baby John Doe's mother and she was given a formal and public apology by the Guardia. An officer from the Guardia Shirhana said, quote, On behalf of Angardia Shirhana, I would like to sincerely apologise to Miss Hayes for that as well as the awful stress and pain she's been put through as a result of the initial investigation into this matter, which fell far short of required standards." Unquote. They have since made a new appeal for information on baby John Doe's case and believe his parents were from the area where he was found. A statement from the Guardia reads, quote, We are looking back now over 33 years and time has moved on. Society has changed. People may now feel freer to come forward. In relation to the change, attitudes change. Weak become strong and the strong may have been obstructing or impeding the investigation and the strong may now have become weak." Unquote. In March 2019, Joanna Hayes and four members of her family started proceedings against the state in order to receive compensation for their horrific ordeal. As of March 2020 when I am recording this, I couldn't find any information on whether an amount has been agreed. Joanna's baby was buried in Abbey Durney Cemetery and baby John Doe was buried in Kavar Sayin where he was found. His gravestone used to read, I am the Kerry baby baptised on 14 April 1984, named John. I forgive. However, in 2004, his gravestone was vandalised by an unknown person or persons and although the headstone was replaced, the I forgive was removed. Baby John Doe never had a real life. He never stood a chance and he deserved so much more than that and now deserves not only justice but a name. Anyone with information on this case is asked to contact the Kahar Saivin Guardia Station at 066 947 3610 or you can contact the Guardia Confidential line at 1-800-666-111. Thank you for sticking with me until the end of this absolutely horrific case. I'm not going to lie, it was very hard to research not only as a human being but as a mother and I hope I was able to do this case justice. All sources and pictures relating to this case can be found on our blog at uncoveredtruecrime.blogspot.com. Please follow us over on Twitter at uncover_pod and on Instagram at uncoveredtruecrimepod. 
that's everything I have for you today. Thank you for listening until the end and please join us next week when we uncover yet another unsolved true crime case. Thank you and have a good night.